Good morning, church. Let's listen to those words one more time. Fear, he is a liar. He'll take your breath. He'll stop your steps. Fear is a liar. He'll rob your rest, steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire, because fear is a liar. Yes, the evil one loves, absolutely loves, to divert us from living a settled life and living in our fears. So when was the last time you were really filled with fear or you were scared? Is there a childhood experience that immediately comes into your mind? Just this past Keith, a week, Keith and I were out running some errands and we ran into this little boy who had fear written all over his face. His eyes were huge and you could tell he was trying to hold back those tears that were welling up in his eyes. And I looked at him and I said, can, can we help you? And he looked at us and he says, I lost my brother and my parents. And I said, we'll get someone that can help you. And the end of the story is he did get reunited with his family. Another illustration of fear is that I got, was contacted by someone and they shared with me that they were so filled with fear that their body physically was shaking. And so as we had time over the phone, I said, I encourage you to take a deep breath and just say the name, Jesus. Jesus, and I guarantee that he will fill you with his perfect peace that passes all understanding. And then we prayed together. Have you been there? Those times, no matter if you're a child or an adult, are unsettling, and we can end up going one or two directions. We can go down the road of fear, or we can go down the road of faith. And so today, we are going to look at being settled when you're scared. Last week, Brian had us in Numbers 11, where we looked at how God leads us as to something new, and it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy to get there. The Israelites were complaining, and they wanted to go back to Egypt, where in their minds, things had looked so much better. And we were challenged not to settle in the back then, but to be settled in the here and now. And if you've not heard those other messages, I encourage you, those of you online and those of you here in the building, to make sure that you go to RedeemerMN.org slash messages and catch up. Um, there are actually five messages as of today. So if you haven't heard any of those, I encourage you to go back there. Today we are going to be looking into Numbers 13. The Israelites have arrived at the southern border of the Promised Land. Ever since the days that they had left Egypt, this was the spot that they were heading. The land was a gift to them from God that he had promised them. And remember back in chapters 11 and 12, there was all that complaining about their hardships. And then they got quail, lots and lots and lots of quail. Then in chapter 12, Miriam and Aaron, that's Moses' sister and brother, they challenge his leadership. 
And the Lord calls the three of them to the tent of meeting. Now, when the Lord calls you to his office, you better listen up. Let's just say that the journey to the land of Canaan, which God was giving the Israelites, was not easy. But now they've arrived at that border, and they're just about ready to put their feet into the land that God has promised them. God speaks to Moses, and he encourages him to choose a leader from each one of the 12 tribes to go out and scout out that land before they ever put their feet in the land. Their traveling instructions for how to go through the land end with a request that the spies are to bring back some fruit from that land to be a tangible evidence so that the people can taste and see the goodness that God has for them. Actually, in verse 20, we read that it was the season, after all, for the first ripe grapes. So those 12 explorers go and they return and let them know that they have covered those 250 miles of that area of land for 40 days. And they bear with them, imagine this, a cluster of grapes that was so large that they had to put it on a pole and carry it between two men. That's how big it was. And imagine, what was it like for those Israelites after all they had been seeing and eating was manna and quail? And here are these large grapes. So the people are there with bated breath, ready and waiting to hear the message that they are going to be given about the land. And so this is the report. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed beautiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Well, it turns out that everything about the promised land is larger than life, just like those grapes. The evidence is indisputable. However, as the report goes on, the report itself seems to get more fear-filled. It goes from the land flowing with milk and honey to we even saw giants. Fear can be a giant in our lives. Where does that giant fear intersect in your life today? Is it when you're unfamiliar with where you're going in life? Is it the fear of failure for you? Is it the fear of making the right decision or the fear of opposition when you share something from your mouth? The fear of looking foolish to somebody. The fear of pain, whether it's your own pain or the pain of one of your loved ones around you. Or the fear of not having an answer to a question that someone asks you. Or is it the giant of fear when something unexpected happens in your life? A loss of your 401k, a loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, the loss of your personal health. You know, that list is endless. And the reality is, fear can take us in two different directions. And as we look back at the text, we see, but Caleb... He tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men, the other ten, who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. 
We even saw the giants there, the descendants of Enoch. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. You know, I had to chuckle when I read that. This is a little bit of a rabbit trail. But when my son was still living at home, you know how that goes. You want to go to those after-Christmas sales and get the best deals possible for the next year. So if you've ever um, met our son, he's about 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, and so he would go with me because he was tall enough. He could see over everything and know where the best strategic spot was to be. And so what all I had to do was just walk to, behind him because it was like the Red Sea. The people just parted and we could go wherever we wanted. But the message from most of the spies was this. The land is as wonderful as God promised, but we can't conquer it. And the response was a very strong combination of truth, lies, and exaggeration. Despite God's faithful promise, the people who dwell in the land are strong. True, from a human perspective, they were stronger, but to say that they couldn't go up and conquer the land was false. Despite God's faithful promise, the cities are fortified and very large. True. Despite God's faithful promise, we saw the descendants of Enoch there. That was true. Despite God's faithful promise, the Amalekites dwell, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and the Canaanites dwell in the land. And there's absolutely no room for us, was the message that they were sending to the Israelites. False. A lie. Fear keeps us from living in God's promises. Let's remember, God had promised that he was going to give them that land, and unfortunately, their fear was stronger than their faith. They let their eyes fixate on what they saw rather than it trusting in what God had promised them, and they compared themselves to the giants. Remember that story from the New Testament where Peter was in a boat and a storm came up and they saw Jesus? And Jesus invited Peter to walk on the water, and he was just fine when he kept his eyes on Jesus. But the minute he didn't keep his eyes on Jesus, he sank. Faith moves us to trust God's promises. Once we've learned to put our trust in God, we'll no longer be afraid of those things that try to come against us and fill us with fear. The faith of Caleb and Joshua allowed them to compare the giants that they saw with the God who had given them the promise of the land. Now let me say that one of the advantages of getting older is that you have more opportunities to look back on your life and see God's fingerprints, his faithfulness in so many different ways. And you can see those places where fear tried to rob you of living that settled life. One of those places for me was many years ago in a health situation that I was encountering. I remember being so afraid as the testing began, and it must have been evident that my eyes were as large as that little boy's eyes uh, to the physician that was in the room before the scan was going to take place. And as I looked into that physician's eyes, and he placed his hand on my arm, he said, you need to know that you're going to be just fine. And I have to tell you that literally, as I looked into his eyes, I believe that I saw the eyes 
of Jesus Christ. Because immediately, my entire being was filled with this perfect peace that passes all understanding. And so whenever I felt like the fear giant was trying to take over, I remembered what it was like when I looked into the eyes of Jesus and the peace that was there. And I have to tell you that throughout my life, there have been countless times when I have faced the fear giant in many, many different circumstances. And there has not been one time that I did not see that Jesus was there to take away that fear and fill me with that peace. Did my circumstance change? Absolutely not. But I was able to walk and be settled instead of being in fear. But in the midst of God's constant faithfulness, let's go back to the Israelites, they were being held accountable for their unfaithfulness to following the Lord's directive to go into the promised land. I encourage you this week, if you have time, to go into Numbers 14 and look at what's really there. I'll just give you a little capsulation here this morning. The Israelites in that chapter continue to rebel against God and Moses. And after hearing the bad report from the men who were sent out to spy the land, the Israelites grumbled, was that sound familiar? Grumbled again about Moses and Aaron. And they said that they wished that they had died in the wilderness. Some of the people wanted to even choose a new leader to lead them back to Egypt. Joshua and Caleb tried to get the people to put their faith in God and to believe that he would empower them to take the land. But the people ended up trying to stone them. And so to keep them safe, God's glory appeared in the tabernacle, and he threatened to destroy the whole multitude. But then we have Moses, wonderful Moses again, intercedes for the Israelites. He's concerned that if God destroys the people, he would no longer be respected by the surrounding nations who had heard of his 10 plagues that he sent to Egypt. So Moses appealed to God forgiving the nation and asked for the forgiveness of Israel. God granted Moses' request and did not destroy the people, but he did punish them. Back in Numbers 14, it says, Now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things that you, have, that you say. You will all drop dead in the wilderness. Because you complained against me, every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephana, and just Joshua, son of Nun. You said your children would be carried off as plunder. Well, I will bring them safely into the land, and they will enjoy what you have despised, and your children will be like shepherds wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. In this way, they will pay for your faithlessness until the last of you dies in the wilderness. Because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in the wilderness for 40 years. A year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sin. What do you think that was like for Joshua and Caleb to have their feet? Their feet actually were in that promised land. 
and then knowing that they were going to have to wander for 40 years before they would be able to go into that promised land. You know, as I've looked at the consequences of their refusal to listen to the Lord, I wonder if we don't do the same thing when instead of trusting God in those circumstances, those places of fear in our life, and believing his promise that he'll be faithful to us, we're overcome by the possible outcomes of dealing with that fear giant. Don't get me wrong. The giants of life are real, and discouragement from the evil one is real. But God has told us that he has not given us a spear of fear and timidity, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And he tells us as God's children that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If you know Jesus, you have that power within you through the power of the Holy Spirit. So you can be settled when you're scared. So I'm going to ask, is there anybody here this morning that doesn't have that power of the Holy Spirit within them? You know, whenever we gather together, that possibility exists. And the other possibility exists is that maybe you want to go deeper with the Lord in that area. Maybe you have a giant fear that you're dealing with right now, and you want to release that to the Lord so that you can experience that perfect peace that passes all understanding and so that you can experience living life settled despite what your circumstances are. So right now I want us to pause and I want you to bow your heads and to close your eyes and repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, sorry that I've sinned against you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Send your Holy Spirit to live in me. Today, I say yes to following you. Amen. With your head still bowed and your eyes closed, if you receive Jesus for the very first time, that power of the Holy Spirit within, or if you want to go deeper or release a fear to the Lord, would you please raise your hand? Beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Okay, you can raise your heads. Open your eyes. For those of you that raised your hands today, I invite you to stop over at the blue table. Uh, there'll be someone there that is more than willing to pray with you, uh, whether that's that you've accepted Christ for the very first time or if you have a fear that you want prayed over. And for those of you online, I encourage you to go to RedeemerMN.org forward slash next steps or slash prayer, and you will get information there on how to move forward. And so the choice before us this morning, in every moment of every day, you may have to fight this off moment by moment. Don't settle. Don't settle for fear, but be settled, settled in faith. 
Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And because of your inexhaustible grace and your boundless love and power and wisdom, we need not let fear paralyze us. You can take us in the direction of faith when we face the giants in our life. Deepen our faith so that we don't settle in fear, but instead settle in faith in the powerful and the very precious name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. And just a reminder, um, Pastor Jason will be in the commons by the Welcome Center desk to take you on that walk. And at the, in the, at the close of the service today, those of you can go online and find this. Also for you, if you're in the building, pick up this card. The title on this card says today, Protect Me from the Enemy. Protect Me. And it directs us to Psalm 34 that says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one that takes refuge in him. So as you go from this place today, continuing to settle in faith, I invite you to extend your hands and receive the blessing. Know that the Lord God Almighty, he goes before you to show you the way when you're facing fear. He's beside you as your very best friend. He's above you, watching over you, and he is behind you for those times when you need encouragement. And he is within you, giving you his peace, his power, and his perseverance, but most of all, his joy as you live out that settled life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's saints together, said amen. One final thing for those of you here and those of you online. I'm going to ask you to raise your right foot and on the count of three, we are going to stomp on fear. Are you ready for that? One, two, three. Have a blessed week.